This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. <whistles> only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms of supply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Forestieri, here's Hog Dini. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. Welcome to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast, a podcast for Watford fans by Watford fans. My name is Justin and... I'm Carl. And, well, we had a very special podcast uh, last week. There was no matches because it was uh, an international break uh, and we had Tony Coton with us for... Well, he actually spoke to us for about an hour and a half. Um, I managed to edit it down to about an hour. Um, but that was great. I really enjoyed that. Did you enjoy that, Carl? Yeah, no, it was really good speaking to him. Um, uh, you know, like you just said, we, we could have probably spoke to him all night, couldn't we? Um, yeah. If you hadn't have edited it down, I think there was probably three hours worth of podcast there, which <laughs> easily would have um, would have probably put a few people to sleep. But no, really, really good insight into Tony's life and you know his um, his thoughts on the club. And yeah, no, I really enjoyed it, and, and hopefully we can uh, we can add an ever growing list of Watford uh, legends, stroke players. To our to our podcast, yes, hopefully, I think there's a there's a couple of inquiries going on at the moment, shall we say? Uh, so uh, yeah, stay tuned for that. We might have some more of that for you, hopefully. Something a bit different now. Instead of just Carl and I casting our eyes over the previous game against QPR, we're going to introduce something new called Luther Blissett's Stand. So with us today is the legend Luther Blissett uh, in a new section that we are calling Luther Blissett's Stand. And he's here to talk to us today about the QPR game. Good evening to you, Luther. Good evening, gentlemen. How are we? All very good. We are good. We are good. Luther Blissett on the podcast, everyone. It's great. Have a word. It's fantastic. Um, How did you see the game as a pro? When we saw this was the first game they were coming back to, having had the international break, 
had two good results. Performances maybe weren't where we'd like them to in those two games. But this one I always thought would be a very tricky game. Going to QPR, because QPR have traditionally over the past couple of seasons, whatever, have been a team that on their day, they'll get a result. But generally, they're, they're, they're somewhere in between of the performances that they've been given and the results have been that way. So I felt Watford had to go there with the right attitude and with the right, I hate this word, game plan about how to go about winning the game. And I felt that, yes, we showed a bit of attacking intent, but we, we in fact, I thought we looked a little bit, I thought we looked a little bit not real direction about the way we went forward. I didn't think we were direct enough at times. And people might think direct means long balls. And I mean direct is when the opportunity is there to isolate people 1v1 and give them spaces. I didn't think we did that enough. A couple of times we did, and Saar had that great chance, which I felt he should have done better. Mm. Um, you know, that, that should have ended up in the back of the net and the keeper shouldn't have had a sniff of that one. I was very disappointed by the final whistle. Yeah, I, th- I think it was, a, it, as they say, a game of two halves, really. The first half, we, we, we came out and looked like we, we were really up for it, you know, created plenty of chances in the first half to, to, to bury the game. And you know, well, you know more, far more than me on the, on the situation. If you don't take your chances at this level, you're going to come unstuck. And unfortunately... So you, yeah, you say at this level, but I think you see it, you see it everywhere in, in, in any football match. Mm. You get chances in games, and it's important that you take the lion's share of those chances. If you make six, you need to take a couple of those. Yeah, We didn't do that. When that happens, you leave yourself open for that sucker punch, which often happens, especially when you're away from home. It happens more when you're away from home than, than you are at home. So when they scored, I was not surprised, disappointed, because obviously you wanted them to hang on till the end. But hanging on was not really what I was expecting from, uh, from Watford, um, having done what they did in the two previous games. And we were hanging on at the end there, weren't we? Oh, we could have, easy, could have easily lost that game. Quite easily could have gone the other way. No doubt about it, with the way they play. Because in the second half, especially, they came out and apart from the very beginning where you thought we might just, but we never picked it up. We never picked it up and continued continued in that vein. And they just got better and better. And if substitutions, I thought his substitutions were very good because he brought on players a game with a bit more pace and a bit more penetration with where they played the game. And they looked as if they were causing us a lot of problems. And I was, I was quite... Uh, fearful in a way that we might have um, we might have conceded, especially in that little period, not about probably about twenty minutes into the second half. Yeah, I thought we were going to concede. If we had done, it could have worked out to be far worse for us. I think if we had at that particular time. I was just going to say, what, what do you make of the formation that he's playing? I mean, how do you see some of those? Like you've just said, he, he's brought on a lot of uh, pacey players, but I, I worry about that central three. I don't know. I was saying that, to, that, to you hit the nail right on the head. Yeah. The three that they were playing in midfield, it's not, there doesn't seem to be any real balance about the three that we're playing in there. We have Kapu who can play that defensive one and he can do it very well, but he can also play further up. I like him further up. With the ball. I would prefer to see him further up. Yeah. Maybe it's the way they've been asked to play in the middle that is preventing him taking that step forward and giving those performances that I think we all know that is in him. Mm. You know, I've still got a lot of belief in him because you see every now and then you see a little bit. And I think he's, he doesn't seem to be in positions where he's picking up the ball enough, whether he's getting it from the wide man, getting it from the foot forwards or wherever, so he can really affect the game. 
and he's not picking enough balls for me where he's getting it from the holding midfield player, say, or a midfield player and picking the ball up and then looking to make to make the play. Uh, we look for the moment to not be quite right across the middle. And if you're not right in that creative area, that linking area of the pitch, which is what the midfield does, it links your defence to your attack and vice versa. So if that isn't quite right, I think that creates that lack of dominance, that lack of real creativity. And um, it, it stops you going on and strangling the life out of the opposition. And then ultimately, you know, you're burying them by two or three goals. What, yeah. do, you, what do you make of the fact that we were allowed to use potentially five substitutes, but only used two? And they were yeah, at half time as well. I was, I was surprised in that. I mean, when I saw, when I saw the substitutions at half time, so I remember Tommy Mooney saying in the commentary, you know, that he didn't mind it when substitutions were made at half-time as long as it wasn't him. <laughs> none, of, <laughs> none, of, none of us ever do. Yeah. You know, yeah. me, but, you know, if you, get, if you get two players coming on at half-time and players such as Troy for one, and then you get um, Quinner coming on as a second one, especially Quinner in midfield, you think he's, he's the one that coming in there that can make a difference in there. You were looking for the difference he's going to make. Mm. And I thought both of them were pretty anonymous by their performance in the second half. Um, I would have liked to have seen Garner given a go, definitely, to to try and change that that game. Yeah, I think Garner, for me, what I like about Garner when when he's played, he's looked to do something. He's looked to actually affect the game going forward when he gets the ball. He's looking if he can get that ball to somebody's feet or get that pass which splits the defence or whatever. He's looking to do that and more often than not when he picks the ball up. Yes, at times he'll give the ball away, but that's a big learning curve. He needs to be, um, be better with his selection when he does that. But um, yeah, I, I quite like him. I, I just think at the moment, the midfield area, it, it is an issue. I think we need to either switch it and go either with two holding defensive midfield players and that is their job. And then you play with that player sat in front that can link and join in and and, and, uh, and help to make make a few problems sometimes from midfield. When have you seen a midfield player of ours running ahead of the strikers? No. Yeah, rare. Very, very rare, rare these days, yeah. It, it never happens. And I, I look at our three, then we play the three, I'm thinking, look at Liverpool who play three at the front. They play the wide men and the men at the front. And you, they don't need to because of the pace they have in all those areas. And they've got a very good link man at the middle that drops off, picks the ball up. But he's always in and around the box where you need him mm. to join in on stuff if if, uh, if, needs, if needs to do so. They don't really need that, but they still have midfield players arriving at, at times in yeah. the box. Yeah, Cleverly, yeah. Sure. One for me, that is the one that does that sort of thing for us. And he was missing in the team. And that again tells you another thing maybe was not in the thinking of, of, of how they, they prepared for that game because Watford Watford go to QPR and this is not a re- disrespectful about the QPR in any way at all but Watford when and everybody says we've got the best squad one of the best squads in the championship if that is the truth then we have players we're supposed to have abilities to go out and win games why are we against QPR pretty much struggling to get traction and put teams like that to the sword. Do not scratch your eyes! One other thing that's uh, sprung up today, it's still a bit sketchy, all the details, but it looks as though fans might be allowed back into grounds in early December, depending on... Interesting that would be. Yeah. Yeah. Even even I'm allowed back, (laughs) Lufa. Yeah, but you won't be there very long, will you? So really, you're really taking somebody's seat, you. (laughs) Do you think that's going to make a difference, having some fans in? Do you think that will make a difference to the level of performance? I think whether it will actually make a big difference, I think one thing it will do, everybody will feel a little bit more as a normal match day 
because there are actually people in there. So if that then leads on to players performing better because they now have people in there, that will be... And are they allowed to shout this time? I don't know. It's all a bit sketchy at the moment. That's the thing, you see, because you can have the people there, but they've all got to sit there like that. (laughs) (laughs) I won't won't be going if I can't shout. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think it's... I think if I remember right, I haven't really read all the details, but I think Tier 1, which we may well be in, uh, means that 4,000 fans can go. I don't know how they're going to split that up with away fans, if at all, whether it's all home fans. I think you won't. There's still going to be no away fans, I think that would be. Okay, so it's going to be about a fifth full then, if we hold 20,000. As, as I understand, it will be on a ballot scheme as well, won't it, with, uh, with the ticket office? So right. You, you won't get to every game, but you know, at least it's something, I suppose. I mean, I, my, my feeling about it is, are we saying that now it is safe to go and do that because I think the moment you start to allow great numbers of people going to football matches or outdoor activities like this then you're saying to all of these people there's a lot of people out there that believe we shouldn't be doing anything that involves crowds or people getting together anyway it just seems weird it it was not even on the horizon uh, and all of a sudden you know they're talking maybe the day after the the lockdown ends they might be allowing fans back into into grounds it was October originally remember it was going to be October and then and Pete Chong again. So yeah. all they've done, all this happened is they've moved the date back, haven't they? Further back. I mean, just a, just a quick question, Lufa. What when you were playing, did, did the crowd ever, you know, that you can remember ever really have an effect on you to sort of if you if you needed that extra ten percent or, or whatever it was? And both ways, you, the crowds affect you both ways, or you hear them and it can affect you both ways. When I start obviously yeah, all racing them and all that, it affects you because oh, yeah. Yeah. All, all that did though was make you more determined to go and do what you're out there to do. Yeah. And when you hear your supporters and they're behind you, brother, it is almost like being lifting you up and you get lighter on your feet and everything, you know, that sort of thing. So it does give you a lift. No doubt about it, it gives you a lift. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I think players will appreciate it far more than they ever did. And uh, I hope I hope when it comes back and it is safe to do so properly, that people can go out and enjoy the whole experience of going to a football match again with your mates and enjoy the whole thing. <laughs> Luther, a blissit. Thank you very much for your time, sir. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Always a pleasure because it's sensible and good chat with you guys. Keep it going. Thank you very much. Thank you, Luther. You are a legend. guys. Bless you. Cheers. Ta-da. Do not scratch your eyes. Right. uh, So we've been getting some questions in uh, from listeners as always, uh, we've got a new channel that you can actually uh, send some messages to us. Now, we now have an Instagram as well as Facebook and Twitter. Um, do you have the Instagram handle to hand, Carl? Of course I do. Of course I do. Always the professional here. Wow. So the uh, <laughs> the new Instagram uh, channel or handle is DNSYE underscore podcast so do not scratch your eyes underscore podcast um, it is also linked to my handle which is uh, Watford Boy 1982 so you can either send all your questions into me and and that will also filter through to the uh, do not scratch your eyes podcast as well yeah and it, it's been going I, I opened it up just before the Tony Coton interview actually just to see how it how it goes and it's um yeah it's going really well so Excellent. a lot of the questions that we've um, we've got lined up have actually come via that which is nice um we've also got Facebook page uh, and the Twitter account as well which has got a few on there but we're um we're spreading our wings as we as they say marvelous uh, across social media so thank cool. you very much for uh, for, for getting involved guys brilliant right 
Let's have a let's have some questions and see what pops up. See what pops up. Okay, this comes from Kyle thirty nine, not me, but his uh, comments on our uh, on our Instagram account is not calling for his head. Vlad is learning the league, which we don't need right now. We need a head coach that knows how to get out of this league. So far in his managerial career, he has had it go this way. He took he walked the league with um, Tel Aviv, sorry. It won't be, uh, he won by a margin of 31 points, so he has had it very easy, really. And I think what Carl's getting at there is that Vlad's come in with a background of, you know, walking the league, only three defeats, was it, in, in so many games? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Um, and I think maybe that reality has now um, kicked him in the nuts and he's actually <laughs> thinking, this is a bit more of a, this is a bit more of a challenge than I'm, than I'm used to. And I, I think, you know, it's a, it's a fair point. I, I, I don't know what the championship holds as, as a sort of respect across the world and in other countries, but certainly in this country, it's considered to be, you know, the second best league possibly in Europe, you know, with the sense of how hard it is to get out of that league. Mm. Very easy to get into, mm. but how hard it is to get out of it. Um, his comments are, are quite valid, really. You know, he's, he's we, we're, put, we're in a good position. Let's not blow this out of proportion, but there is elements to, to what tactically what Vlad's doing at the moment that, that maybe just don't quite sit right with everyone. And I've, I've noticed, especially after the, the QPR result, that there's a lot, a lot of unrest generally with, with fans. Not Again, not calling for his head, but maybe suggesting that has he really got the experience we need to get us out of this league? I mean, I don't know what you think. You Well, I think that um, it's the comments that seem to fly around are that the, the setup's very negative, very defensive, um, which, I, which I think is right. Let's not get too carried away. This point in the season last year, we were rock bottom of a division. Let, let's not, you know, let's go back and look at that. This time last year, we were rock bottom of the Premier League. And it was around this time that they brought in Nigel Pearson and things did did start to turn around. But, you know, we are at a similar period now. Obviously, the season started later this year uh, and we're fifth. So let's not get too carried away with the whole, you know, question. Yeah, I, I'd question, you know, some of his um, selection sometimes. We've just questioned the fact that he had three substitutes he could have used against QPR and didn't. You're always going to question a manager. Always, it's it's part of being a football fan. Um, but I don't think we need to start panicking too much yet. I think we need to start perhaps questioning him a little bit further on if things don't change. If he's not learning from what's happening now and progressing, then I think we start to question him. But you know, like I said to you a minute ago, two extra points yesterday would have been top of the league. <laughs> and if your team's top of the league, are you going to start? questioning your manager I kind of understand why that question comes up given our track history of replacing managers very quickly and very easily but I don't I think it's far too early to be making these sort of calls yeah no I I agree and I and I think uh Carl's comment was you know was was quite fair and he said as he said in that he's not calling for his head but questions questions are being asked and um like you say if he's learning from the mistakes Absolutely fine, no problem with, with that. But when it's a, uh, a a constant revolving thing that we just keep conceding goals like we were conceding and so forth, then yeah, definitely there there, there needs to be a a question asked. Do not scratch your eyes. Okay, uh, up next we've got Neil Gibbons who has asked um, best and worst atmospheres at home and away games. Now I think he means obviously maybe the away fans coming to 
Vicarage Rose getting on it, um, and then us us singing back. Ooh, um, wow, that's a question. Um, a question. I'll, I'll, I'll go first because okay. I know the answer to this. Go on. So, uh, best away atmosphere for me was probably at Tottenham's new ground. I thought that was amazing. I've They're not been there yet. Place. Okay. Yeah, it's amazing. It, it did help that we were. We were at it that day. We were giving it large, shall we mm, say, mm. to the Spurs fans. So that that was a, a great away day. Best home atmosphere. That's a tricky one. Do you know? Do you know who I thought were really good? I don't know if you were at the game. Coventry City when they came in the League Cup. That was great because they had the entire Vicarage Road end. Yeah, I was at I that game. Were, I thought they were marvelous. Yeah, that was really good. No, I agree. I and, agree. And Trammy, Trammy were good as well when they when they came down. Yes. I got loads of abuse on my YouTube channel for that. <laughs> one I can remember a, a really good atmosphere was. Um, when we played Palace in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup in 2019. So this was before we went to Wembley and played Wolves. Um, I was quite near the Palace fans for that, and I thought there was a good atmosphere at that game. Soured slightly when uh, <laughs> they they uh, lost, when Gray came on as a substitute and knocked one in, and it all kind of went a bit uh, not quite their way after that. But I can remember that being a really good atmosphere. A game against Chelsea a couple of seasons ago, I remember being a really good atmosphere as well. In terms of away, I, QPR, funnily enough, I went there about 10 seasons ago, um, and I remember that being an excellent atmosphere. It was really good. Mm. Um, tight little ground that isn't it it is a tight little ground but it was some where I was sat I was very close to the QPR fans and there was some real bouncing back and forth I remember that quite I think we had Marvin Sordell playing for us that's how long ago it was yeah it must be 10 years ago Scordell Marvin Scordell Scordell yeah yeah there's a name from the past (laughs) (laughs) bless him do not scratch your eyes Okay, uh, next question we've got comes from uh, Peter Johnson. It's probably the, the, the question that stood out the most for me um, because it's something that myself uh, and you have discussed, Justin. And mm. the question is, do you think our players are losing touch with the soul of the club, the fans? Their only connection now is social media. Will they lose the passion and energy a packed Vicarage Road gives them to add that extra few percent to their performances great question well great we've question. we've kind of touched on that already about the atmospheric games um but but are the players um losing touch yeah so are they losing touch um with the soul of the club yeah i think they are losing touch with the soul of the club a little bit i mean um when we were talking to uh tony coton the other night he said that he used to park his car down occupation road and then he'd walk into the ground and people would say oh hello tony great game last week or whatever and he said it was either you know you were being praised or you were being you know knocked for a, a performance the previous week these days they sort of walk in with headphones on heads bowed doesn't seem to be any real interaction with the public obviously you know no one's going to games at the moment, so you can't do that. But previously, yeah, it's difficult. Past yeah. few seasons, it's all seemed a little bit headphones on, minimal contact with with fans. Um, you know, we've said previously, open days and things like that. Not not just games, but open days were open days and the players would be milling around wherever it was and you'd find your favourite player and you could have a chat, you can have an autograph and a photo. Now it's stage managed. Um, it feels a little bit like you mustn't come too close. Or you, you know, Your time is limited with each player. Uh, they were coming down a catwalk, I think, at one open day a, a few 
seasons ago. I went to an open day at the... the rugby club. Yeah. yeah, it was at the rugby club. And they were sort one, yeah. of coming down catwalks and stuff. And you think, this this just isn't this isn't what it used to be. It used to be literally players walking around on a field. And you go, oh, look, there's, you know, whoever it was, Daishi. Or, and you'd go up and you go, oh, right, Daishi, how are you? You know, can we have an autograph and picture with the kids or whatever? Those days are gone. That that doesn't happen anymore. And I dare say that if I wrote a letter... Yeah, how old am I? If I wrote a letter to the current manager... <laughs> you can send an email. Just send well, an I'm, email. Just, I'm just going back to what I used to do. Uh, if I sent a letter to the current manager, would I expect to reply, no, I've got hand-signed letters from Graham Taylor from when I was you know, younger man. Even in the second stint when he was in charge in the late 90s, occasionally I'd feel like congratulating him on a game or whatever. Always, always got a a typed, hand-signed letter back from Graham Taylor. And it wasn't just thank you for your letter. It was always the points that you put in the letter were addressed um, and he'd thought about a reply and he'd signed it and he'd sent it to you. And within, and it wasn't, you know, you weren't waiting weeks. That week you'd get a hand-signed letter back from Graham Taylor saying, Dear Justin, thank you for the points you raised. Yes, we did this because of this. No, we're not doing that. I think that's gone. I don't think I'd ever... uh, I don't think any person writing to the current manager could expect a hand-signed letter back. I don't know. But in my heart of hearts, I don't think you'd get one. Um, I, I think that has been lost. And I think it's not a good thing either. I used to love the fact that you you felt as if at any time you could approach a player and say hello. I'll tell you who was really good for this. Um, I used to sit in the what was the family stand, which is now the Elton John stand. You remember when it was all different levels? It looked like four stands welded together. Um, During Boothroyd's time at the club, and um, he always came out, always spoke to anybody at the gate. um, And I actually remember him... There was a, an old boy that sat right above the tunnel uh, and he'd often wave at Boothroyd and Boothroyd would go up through the stand and sit with him and talk to him for 10 minutes and he'd come back down again and then talk to everybody else. Would Ivich do that if we had crowds in? I, I don't think he would. Um, yeah. So I think that has gone. What do you think? Well, I, th- I think you mentioned uh, you, you mentioned a name there, didn't you? Graham Taylor and, and his legacy was always about what that club um, should do. And... and uh, Tony made a point, you know, they were they were told as part of their contract that they had to spend a certain amount of time in the community doing certain things with the fans. Um, and he said himself, he said, that's gone. Now, I, I'm not for a minute suggesting that this is just a Watford oh, issue. Oh, no. No, no, no. I imagine this is... But, but I think for, for for me, for every time you go up, to, up Vicarage Road and there's that statue staring at you, Graham Taylor... Mm. The club has lost its way in the sense of where it is, and it ha- and as you just touched on, it's it's lost its community feel almost, and it, in that, that ground still very much in the heart of the community. And we're talking about moving Vicarage Road and and sending it up to Bushy or wherever, and that that for me is the biggest pile of horribleness I that really I've heard in a long that. time. It, I really, I, I just, really don't want that. I just really, yeah. Well, I had I, I think any change. Is, is a bit of a gut-wrencher. Um, back at the end of the 18-19 season when they were trying to promote Elton John's film. Now, look, Elton John, absolute legend for Watford, possibly the architect of our modern era history. I mean, without him, without what him and Graham Taylor did, taking us from a fourth division team up to a top-flight team that was competing in Europe, that's absolutely fantastic. And Elton John, I can't say a bad thing about Elton John. I think he's fantastic. And if you've you've read his book, the chapter about Watford 
is just brilliant. I mean, mm. it just really pulls at yeah. your heartstrings as a fan. It's 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 fantastic. But do we need to advertise Rocket Man um, by playing "I'm Still Standing" as the players come out instead of Zed Cars? No, that really really disappointed me. Zed Cars to me is a, a fantastic piece of music. If someone was to play Zed Cars now, the hair would go up on the back of my arms. It just it's that whole three o'clock excitement of the teams coming out. Yeah. Um, you know they've played that since I've been going. It's been the, the, apart from a couple of changes. There was a I think Dave Bassett decided to use Superman for some reason. Um, but that whole Z cars thing is so important to me. You know, we, we carried my dad in to his funeral to Z cars. Um, it's a piece of music to me. That is Watford. And, you know, when you start changing that, it, it, you know, and funnily enough, it coincided with a pretty poor run of results. If I remember rightly. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think any change like that is, um, a bit of a gut wrencher. So, Thinking about moving from Vicarage Road, I mean, I just I can't even comprehend that. I cannot oh, yeah. get my head around that at all. It's 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 very it's very sad. I mean, it, it, and it Watford, uh, we've got to move forward. I get that, and we we we've got to come up to the modern game and and so forth. But uh, but at what expense? Uh, you know, uh, mm. uh, we start losing that past and that that history. Uh, our identity's in there. You know, our, our our DNA is is part of that. And well, I mean, <laughs> it's it's a scary it's a scary time, really. And uh, you know, no, I, I like. Last season, I do as well. But just to touch back on that, last season, I think we took our eye off the ball a bit there, or the club took their eye off the ball a bit, and we were looking at, you know, designing new badges uh, yeah. rather than perhaps yeah. there should have been a bit more attention on the whole on-pitch on side of things, yeah. you know. And I'm delighted that the old badge was voted to stay because, yeah. again... It's not a great badge. Let's be honest. You see, when you when you've got your uh, when you're on Sky or whatever, and they cut to another club's badge, you think that's a nice looking badge. And then old Moosey pops up, you think, oh, you know. <laughs> but it's ours. I, yeah, I was speaking to an American. They said, "Why have you Why have you got a moose on your?" <laughs> uh, uh, it's not a moose. Yes. And then I was trying to explain what a stag. Uh, just, yeah, it's a nightmare. And... Yeah, yeah, Hertfordshire. Oh. Yeah, it's a nightmare. Yeah, but it's... it's ours. It's ours. It does look outdated. It doesn't look good. But you know, there are probably thousands of people with that tattooed on their arms. A friend of mine, <laughs> yeah. my friend, got it done on his chest above his heart uh, the season before they changed the font. <laughs> so you might recall, yeah, you might top, recall yeah. the f- it's now all block capitals. The W's used to overlap. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's yeah. all block capitals. He was so proud of this tattoo, and I went, uh, "Mate, they've <laughs> just changed it." He's like, "Oh no." Uh, <laughs> but you know, there's, it's not just about that. It's ours. It's whatever it is is ours. You know, Vicarage Road is ours. The names of the stand is ours. It's all part of it. And to start changing these things just feels like a, a, just a move that I really wouldn't want to take at all. I can yeah. understand. You know, no, 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 I agree. people do adapt to it, and but it's not for me. I, I couldn't really. And not only that, it's handy for me to get to from where I live, Vicarage Road. Getting to Bushy would be an absolute nightmare. I really don't fancy that. Yeah. Sad. <laughs> Nice. So, hey, well, it's the traffic's a nightmare getting that way anyway, isn't it? Imagine there's not even public transport. Stage, there's right? no public transport to no, there's, there's, there. there's no Bushy train station. Stations. You'd have to walk miles. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, so I, I think um, I also read they're starting to think about now putting that link in on the underground. So from yeah. Croxley, it's going to go Ascot Road and then up to the club. Yeah. Uh, so you know, the transport links. Well, are that was th- that was the old. Uh, didn't they do that in the eighties? That was why that. that... There yeah, was a Vicarage Road Station. I think it's still there, actually. It's under Stigging Nettles now. But... I think Elton John paid for it, actually. Yeah. I think that was part of his 
legacy. Um, but in theory, it's going to all connect up to Watford Junction. Yeah, so it's all going to be Cardiff Road and up that way. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so you know, that, that's not. We're never going to get forty thousand people coming to watch Watford. There's too much competition with Arsenal and Chelsea and all these other teams nearby. I, I think I've said to you in the past. You walk down Watford High Street and you're seeing Man United shirts, Liverpool shirts. Very rare. You go oh, look at someone wearing a Watford shirt there. You know, yeah, in your own you hometown. Get more surprised when you see a Watford shirt. You yeah. do. You know, in your own hometown, which is bizarre. But you know, I, I think. Um, um, let's, let's just leave it where it is. There was talk about maybe being able to put another bit over the Elton John stand or whatever. Let's do that. Let's not move. Yeah, yeah. I, I even heard a, a rumor they, they might even consider knocking down the Graham Taylor stand because you've got all that room at the back, backing on towards the hospital and re, redoing that. Okay. Well, that's all right. That, that's okay. I mean, so, if it's still the Graham Taylor stand, that's fine. Yeah, of course it would be. Course that's been be. redeveloped twice in my lifetime. So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm yeah. not too worried about that. Was it called, is it the Stanley Rouse stand? I think uh, it was, yeah. The Sir Stanley Rouse stand, yeah. Before yeah. that, it was the, the Shrodells, where I used Shrodells, to Shrodells, yeah. And uh, when people used to stamp their feet, it just rocked, that stand. It did feel decidedly <laughs> unsafe. So when they built that, it was... Uh... I remember when they uh, opened it, there was a, a day uh, where they had people skydiving onto the pitch I mean it was just bizarre the, the, when, when they opened the stand before the game I mean the, the pre-match entertainment used to be great anyway uh, and half time you'd have like uh, hoops of fire with dogs jumping through it and all this sort of stuff always a marching band you know there was also always some sort of half time entertainment that's gone now now you're lucky if you get the half time shootout the penalty kick thing, yeah. Yeah, and then they bring on a legend and you go, really? We're going to call this person a legend, are we? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Thomas, Thomas Priskin, <laughs> everyone. Here he is, everyone. Dominic, Dominic Foley. Uh, so, <laughs> that, if that ever happens, I'm walking out. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, this this day, I think this, the, the um, they opened the, the, the Rouse stand and uh, they said, oh, you know, we've got something a bit special before the match. And there was people actually skydiving in parachutes onto the pitch. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, so, you know, they wouldn't do that again, I'm sure. But it was nice. I did enjoy seeing both Graham Taylor and... Before the days of health and safety. Before the days of health and safety, yeah. <laughs> Bring on the dogs and the hoops of fire. Um, yeah, I did enjoy seeing Graham Taylor and Elton John actually coming on and sort of opening their stand, if you like. Yeah, um, yeah, that was good. That was good. That was yeah. a really nice thing to do. And I'm glad we've got a Graham Taylor and an Elton John stand. I think that's... And that's again under the potsos, you know. They've they've done this. They've redeveloped that stadium now into looking nice. Even the yeah. outside, all that oh, black no, cladding you, around it. I think they've done a blinding job of that. I think you it, can't. Um, I, I I don't think I can question the actual ownership and, and from where we were to where we are now in 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 that sense. But I just at what cost? I don't want to lose that that identity. You know, no. I'm, I'm a huge fan of what what we are. I agree, um, and and that all stems as well. This identity actually all ties into the badge the stadium and and everything it all yeah. everything is our identity yeah. um for, for better or for worse that's who we are and what we are and you know it's all part of being a Watford fan really <laughs> This one, this guy, this comes from Tony. Now, Tony sent me this on a message because oh, right. I don't think he wanted to create a. Uh... <laughs> Should we be mentioning his name then? Oh, well, I haven't, I haven't mentioned want, his surname. Does he want anonymity? So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to mention his, his first name. So, uh, very just the conversation started that would like other buyers to come in for Watford uh, and the Pozos to maybe concentrate on their team back in Italy. His his concern is that. We've we've now got owners that are mulling our players from 
Watford's youth navy, youth navy to Watford as and when it suits. And we're we're not our fundamentals are, are completely wrong with regards to management and, and what we do with managers. And I, I tend to agree with with that sentiment. Now I. I I probably disagree with Tony in the sense of get rid of our owners and get new owners in because the grass isn't always greener, believe me. And, mm. and clubs are, are littered in the lower leagues who, who fought better. Mm. Um, do I feel that their style and how they treat managers is correct? No, I don't. Does that mean that they're terrible owners? No, it doesn't. It just means that they look at the manager for, they, they get a guy in. Ivic is a, is a prime example. He'll be here. Don't be surprised in a year's time that he's gone. If we're back in the Premier League, he goes because they get somebody in to do a job for a certain period of time. Once they've done that job, it's thanks very much. See you later. A new guy comes in. Now, where that's gone wrong in the past is definitely with Nigel Pearson because Nigel yeah. Pearson, for me, should still be here now. Yeah. You know, I think, I think it's made us a bit of a laughing stop amongst people yeah. that don't follow And that's what he's Watford. saying. That, that, that's, his, that's his sort of dissatisfaction with, with the ownership and in, in the sense that they, they haven't thought about. And it, it comes back to what we were talking about to, to being a family club and being a certain club, that they don't really give a monkeys about that. They're, they're just mm. interested in getting to the Premier League as quickly as possible. And as owners, is that wrong? I no, don't know. No, but of all, of, of all the former managers that have been asked to leave under the Pozzos, I think inside, when I've heard the news, I haven't been shocked and I've probably thought, yeah, it's time for that person to go. But that might say more about their selection of managers. Mm. I've, Ro- I've probably got two. I've got two that stick out where I think... Pearson, without doubt. I, yeah, I, I, that should was have a had stupid more time. decision. I and, and for me, Javi. Yeah. And I know, he, I know he was on a terrible run and I get that, but I just would have liked them just to have given him, I don't know, a little bit more time, and I and I and I know it's impossible to say where to draw the line. But I'm, I just, I'm not I just necessarily felt... upset about the dismissal of Havi, um, because I think from the cup final onwards, we just looked terrified of any team that was in front of us, mm. and I think some rot had set in. I don't think that bringing back Flores was the answer. No, that was a terrible decision, wasn't it? That 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 was a terrible decision to to bring him back. He 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 left. Um, the first time for a reason because mm. tactically he, he only got the club so far and when he came back we just you know we just didn't look no anything had changed and I Nothing. think that, that that's what relegated us in my opinion it was that period it was that decision to bring in to bring him back because we achieved the square root of sod all really yeah. in that period yeah. yeah I think that the whole Pearson thing was there was a real kind of atmosphere that that permeated the the whole place from probably from the Man United game when we beat United in December, didn't we? Late December, we beat Man United. And then we we smashed Bournemouth. And then we, we picked up a few other results. And then the 3-0 against uh, Liverpool at home. The week after that, losing to uh, Palace away was a bit of a kick in the uh, in the teeth. Because I was expecting that to be a, another good win. But I liked Pearson. I, I liked what he was trying to do. And I think that, that we don't know what happened. We've spoken about this before. We don't know what yeah. happened against West Ham that day. We don't know what was said or what was done. The decision had to be made, and I'm sure time will probably tell it was the right one. But I think if he was in charge now, we'd probably be in a similar position, but with a few more goals and a bit more attacking football. And I, yeah, I, I like, that's watching, a fair point. I like yeah. watching attacking football. I don't know about you, Carl. I do enjoy watching attacking football. <laughs> yeah, no, I it's like exciting. to watch goals. Nil-nils are not my thing, I must admit. No, no, all one-all draws. It's not really... Not always spend our £10 on the high four, is it, really? <laughs> <laughs> the hive that's a different but at least it yeah. worked this week it did it did work this week yeah even... yeah that was good yeah it did it did i think one one thing i would say just on the hive uh, uh, 
this is um, again, guys. You can you can comment and, uh, and get involved with this. But the club didn't have to do this. They didn't have to provide this this service. And I know they got a lot of stick with the Stoke game when it went under. Um, and I, I I didn't comment on it before, but I had a few messages about it. But um, obviously, they're whoever runs it for them, it's their media centre or, or, mm. or whatever they've got, needs to invest better um, Wi-Fi or, or, or something. But the club didn't have to do it. And I, and I think they probably need a little bit of praise in the sense of fair play because they've given the fans an option rather than, you know, there's not many clubs that are doing this no. out, outside of it. Uh, right. they, I, know, I know they've got um, other online platforms that other clubs use, but not a, a dedicated channel as such mm. to, to their team. So... You know, in, 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 is it my cup of tea? Not really. I've, I'm not really interested in the the pre, Tommy Mooney. I, I, you know, I love watching Tommy on the pitch. Do I love listening to Tommy? No, I don't. No. Probably he doesn't like listening to me, but that's an opinion. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I it's okay. It's all right. You know, it's not. It's not Sky. It's not uh, any other you know recognized broadcaster. But yeah, I mean, I think it's okay. It's all right. I, I'm not. I just, I just want to go back. Carl, it's not the same. Yeah, I just want to I'm be desperate. in. The, I want to be in the, the ground, watching the team, cheering them on. There's certain games that I that come up, and I think. I mean, the Luton one sticks out yeah, um, just, at home, and I just wish by. I was wish I was there. Like QPR away would have been a great day out. Yeah, back with the boys, and yep. um, yeah, it would have been. Um, it, it would have been a special day that one. In in a strange way, I know this is going to. I'm moaning that I want to get back, but I want to get back, and I want to stay back. I don't want to come and go, come and go. Exactly. And, but there's nothing quite like, you know, Saturday, knowing you're at home, knowing that, you know, at two o'clock or whatever, you're going to set off, you're going to go in. It's just nothing quite like it. It's um, yeah. to a non-football fan, who people who don't like football and don't understand football and don't see the appeal of it. Um, it's it's not just about 90 minutes. It's about the whole, no, no, no. The whole experience. Especially, yeah. the, especially the, the away days. I mean, I've, I've got so many stories and memories of, of the years gone by and, and, you know, things that have happened. Stupid things, really. But, <laughs> uh, you know, people falling over in tube stations and it's funny and, you know, just just crazy stuff, really. And and most of the time, if I'm honest, the football ruined the day. The day yeah. itself was brilliant yes, and yeah. it was ruined by the football. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's what it's about. It's about being, you know, being with mates and, and friends and, mm. and fellow Watford supporters. That's why me and you started doing this yeah, yeah. so that so that we could, we, we're just two blokes that enjoy the same thing that, you know, if we were having a conversation in the pub, this is probably what it would be about. Yeah, you know, and exactly. that's, and that's the beauty of football, and and people that don't understand that are weird. Yeah, I I, I have a bit of a problem with people that <laughs> pe- people who don't say, oh, you know, I don't watch football. I've never been to football. You think, yeah, well, even if well, you're you... weird, then you're yeah, weird. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, sorry, wrong with you. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> We're um, we're all done on questions. We're done on questions. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. So a couple of things to mention. We obviously mentioned the uh, social media channels. We've net, we're now on Instagram, we're on Facebook, and we're on Twitter. So do give us a little follow on there. And if you want to ask us any questions that you want us to cover on a future podcast, that's the place to do that. Uh, excitingly, this week um, we're also now on smart speakers. Uh, something that I fiddled about with. Uh, so now I'm not going to do it because I've got devices in here. But if you say the the name, the A L 
EXA name and then say I could stuff you up here and just shout that name out I've got headphones on mate it's not going to work I've got headphones Ah. on Uh, so if you just (laughs) say uh, the name of your whatever alerts your smart speaker and then you say play the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast you will get to hear us coming out of your speaker which is really good I tried it on my uh, Google Home and I've tried it on uh, 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 the Amazon version shall we say and it works so if you want to do that then that's another way of listening to us. I, I've got a little uh, a little thing to say on this. If you've got the app on your phone and you're at work and your wife's at home, what's a really good thing is every about 15, 20 minutes, just get your app and say, play Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast while your missus is at home. And she loves it. Yeah. I imagine she yeah. texts you and says, oh, good, you've done it again. Oh, the texts I've had <laughs> just saying how wonderful it all is. is it's well. just been amazing. She yeah. might be missing so, you, so you know. She gets, she gets yeah. to hear your voice. You know, that's yeah. great. Yeah, the dog loves it. Like the dog. <laughs> the yeah. dog loves it as well. Uh, one final thing as well. If you'd like to buy us a beer, um, you can. If you go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash D-N-S-Y-E. That's buymeacoffee.com D-N-S-Y-E. Uh, you can actually buy us a beer on there as well. So if you think, oh, I quite enjoyed that podcast, I'd like to buy them a beer, uh, then you can do that. And I think you can just send us a couple of quid and it might help to go towards the running of the podcast because there are a few little uh, expenses we've got for hosting and that sort of stuff. So if you fancy buying us a beer, then you can do that as well. That'd be marvellous. That'd be marvellous. Thank you for yeah, that. that'd be lovely. Uh, and I think um, that's probably the end of this podcast. Thank you very much for listening. It's uh, always lovely to uh, know that you're listening. I, I get to see the figures. And as I've said in the past, uh, all over the world, which is nice. And really picking up listeners as well. The Tony Cotton special had quite a considerable amount of listeners. So uh, that, that was were they, all, were they all in Walsall again? Now, Walsall, I think, has been replaced by Blackheath. As our, Excellent. Well, yeah. hello to the uh, good people of Blackheath. Yes, Thank hello. you for listening. Yeah, exactly. It's lovely to have you along. Uh, so really, I think that's it for now. Um, I'm going to say goodbye. Until next time, um, I'm going to say goodbye. See you later. See you later. Until next time. Ta-da. Podcast Network. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around you got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? (whistles) At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.